Now I feel like I'm in Cuba. Uh-huh. Uh, or a really cool Spanish restaurant with people clicking <laughs> yes. right, the little things in their fingers. Yep. So what's the uh, what's the drill on that music? This is Rampage of the Hero, again by Greg Hoffman. <laughs> I actually knew the name of that because I'm actually running the board. Yep. I'm actually running the board today. Uh, let me uh, let me introduce myself. I am Did, your host guide and sometimes provocateur. And yes, I did read that from a sheet of paper again because I am still loopy. I still have not slept uh, in a couple weeks. Uh, and we are now doing this late night. Yep. Uh, before, well, a day and a half before you... You leave, right? <laughs> yeah. So uh, welcome to the 18th episode of So There's That, the podcast. And let me introduce my sidekick and co-host, Dante, for uh, the, the last time for the foreseeable future. Yep. Hello. And soon to be goodbye. <laughs> soon to be. Uh, say hello. You say goodbye. Uh, so, yeah, this is um, this is going to be a kind of a <clears throat> funky episode because yeah. i can speak for myself i am ready to collapse this is not <laughs> early morning yeah this isn't even well for some people it's late night it's usually not late night for me but it's been a long four or five days yeah and i am ready to crash i'm ready to go to sleep and we just realized that if we didn't do it tonight uh it, we could do it tomorrow but, but we probably wouldn't get it edited yeah so dante is actually uh showing me how to record yep and how to do this so if it's screwed up um i i, I guess we're gonna blame dante yep you know because it's it's not the student's fault it's uh-huh. the it's the teacher's fault yep uh and i guess we are going to start today with our move our yeah. really oh, big yes. move to new york city so last week uh on wednesday so i was in new york yes we're gonna change this up i'm not gonna ask dante how his week was he's not gonna ask me how my week was yeah because we know our weeks were so i was in new york city for a couple of days doing some really cool shit on a on a project and uh the only downside was i wrapped up very very late tuesday night as in 12 30 in the morning Right, And so I wasn't going to catch a train back from New York back to BWI, which is where my car is traditionally parked. So I came back Wednesday, worked half a day on the train, and then got here and we had to finish packing. And the house was not ready. Uh, It had a lot of boxes. I posted pictures on my personal Facebook account. Yep. And people were like, oh, you're so organized (laughs) because it's a lot of boxes piled that are all the same shape and size. Uh, but we still had a lot of work to do. Oh my goodness, yeah. And so we packed all night. We tag team sleep. So yep. we got three hours of sleep each, literally. Uh, and your mom came over to help pack the kitchen yep. uh, late night. And uh, and so that that was that was sort of going into this was uh, was just trying to get as much stuff as humanly possible packed because I've yeah. been in this house. For those of you who haven't really listened before, I'm I, you know I've lived in this house for 20 years, uh, 10 years of which with with Dante's mom, and yeah. then and then we split up, and and then it was all of our crap. So it's you know you accumulate a lot of stuff, and I've gotten rid of so many things. We're recording this in the basement that has sort of dregs of the <laughs> house in here and yeah. stuff that people haven't taken 
VHS tapes and such. And I apologize if my chair is making more noise. We've moved all oh my the chairs. God, yeah. So now we're onto metal folding chairs as our backup. Yeah. And they make too much noise. Uh, so, yeah. So that was, uh, that's just, I mean, what, 90, no, 125 boxes? Yeah. 125 boxes. Oh, Most of yeah. them small boxes, right. and which are still big size boxes, but you know. Yeah. And uh, about 12 to 15 medium boxes, and I think one or two larges. Yeah. And a whole boatload of, uh, of furniture. Oh, yeah. Actually, no, that's not true. That's not true. Not a whole boatload. Not taking any couches. Right. Yeah. Right? Because there's a couch at the apartment, and there's a bed at the apartment. So I was taking uh, four bookcases. Yep. And uh, a table, a dining room table, a couple side table type things. Yep. And uh, four, six chairs plus four outdoor chairs plus one uh, kind of relaxy type. Yep. Ikea type. Yeah. Chair, right. And that's uh, and that's what we talk. So yeah. what did you think of the packing? Because we're, we're going to run through this in parts. Yeah. And, and again, this has been requested. People said, we want to hear how your move went. And yep. so believe me, we we're going to go through in, in detail. Yeah. Uh, each step of the way. Each step of the way. Yeah, no, it was super busy. Uh, the one thing that I specifically remember is the us getting three hours of sleep. Both of us encountered the point where we were still working, but we were no longer being efficient with our time because we were too tired. So, like, we were going to just keep going till we were done, but we had to go to sleep or else it would take twice or even longer. Well, I get goofy. I get goofier than usual. Yeah. So your mom was over and she was helping pack. And I guess I'm not used to people being in the house because I just start talking to myself or I talk <laughs> to the cat. And she's like, what? And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Did I say that in my out loud voice? <laughs> you know? And so it's <laughs> – and I don't think she's used to my sense of humor anymore. Yeah. Because it's been a while. It's been a while. And so I just – yeah, I just – whatever non sequitur comes into my head comes out of my mouth. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that was crazy. And But, uh, but we got more packed than I thought we were going to do. I was a little panicked. And again, your mom, incredibly helpful because she wrapped all the dishes. Yep. And, uh, well, almost all the dishes. Yeah. But that's, that's, that. We'll, we'll get to that. So anyway, the movers, the movers show up. And this was a moving company that I wasn't sure about. We live near Rockville. Yep. And Rockville is where every moving company in the area is. And there's like 50 different moving companies. Yep. So when I signed up for a move, I got a whole bunch of bids. And this one place came in with a bid that was in the middle of all the other bids. And it was the only one that didn't seem to go by pounds. Everyone else was uh, like, oh, you have this many pounds. And I'm like, I got so many books and so many comic books and all these different things that I'm packing that I just, um, I wasn't comfortable if someone was going to like do a truck way or something because I knew I'd yeah. be way over. So I looked at their Yelp reviews and they had some good Yelp reviews. They had some bad Yelp reviews. So I called them up about two weeks before the move and I said, hey, look, guys. So I've read your Yelp reviews, and some of them are a little dicey. And so I want to make sure that this doesn't happen to me. I right. want to make sure that we work everything out ahead. Oh, absolutely. Yes. We think some of the people who left it were our competitors trying to badmouth us, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. So we have this whole entire conversation. And so we talked once a week as I adjusted the list. Mm -hmm. Making sure that they under understood where I was going, how many boxes I was taking, yep. because I originally said 75 medium boxes, and so we were at, whatever, 115 small boxes, yep. like, we don't care, and the bookcases, and yada, yada, yada. So all this stuff comes in. They show up on time, 
on time. Yep. Show up with the truck. I show them everything that's moving. And they give me a bill, which is $1,000 over the estimate. Yep. And the estimate was $1,500. I'm just going to have full transparency on this. Yeah. And I'm like, excuse me, that doesn't match the estimate. Well, this is what it is, blah, 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 blah. And suddenly you find yourself over a barrel. And I don't care how much the move is. Like, yeah. just tell me ahead of time. I knew the move was going to be anywhere between 1500 and $2,500. I knew that was reality. Yeah. And so they're charging me for mileage. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't understand. Why are you charging? I already see a line item. for. Oh, oh I'm sorry. That's a mistake. So suddenly I got $200 off. Oh, and if you pay for cash, hey, we're going to knock another 150 bucks off. Yeah. And so I called and I complained. I said, look, guys, I, you know, I called ahead of time, make sure this wouldn't happen. And they're like, well, this is going to be a cost for this. This is going to be a cost for this. And I'm like, but this is called an estimate. Yeah. An estimate is supposed to have some bearing to reality. I understand you have me over a barrel that I either cancel you and you keep my deposit or, yeah. or, you know, I suck it up. Right. So I sucked it up. And um, and we'll get into more of that. But it was very, very frustrating way to start with only three hours of sleep, feeling like you're being gouged. Yeah. Uh, and feeling like it, it just you're dealing with a dishonest business. And I would love to hear from other people who have moved in the past year or so and what their moving experiences are like. I right. mean, is this standard? I don't necessarily want to single these folks out because maybe this is just the nature of the beast. Right. Yeah. I mean, the good thing, I got 350 bucks knocked off the increase, so yeah. I felt good about that. I mean, it's got, it's funny because the guy's like, well, if you pay in cash, and I'm like, okay, so how much? And it's like, well, $2,150. I'm like, well, I, how many people do you know have that much cash in the house who yeah. aren't meth dealers? I mean, if I was Walter White, yes, yes, I'd have the money, yep. like in those little, you know, <laughs> circular bundle things with a rubber band. And, uh, and so I went to the bank, I went to the bank and I got, I got the full money and I asked them actually if they could roll it up like, <laughs> like Breaking Bad with the little rubber band, but no, no one wanted to do that. So I gave it to them. Anyway, they packed the car pretty quick, pretty quick, moved all the bookcases, moved everything I wanted into the truck. They had out and we followed suit 45 minutes later. Yep. Right. And, and we start driving North. So it's, it's about a four hour drive. Yep. And what half an hour in, you know, we grabbed a whole bunch of breakfast at Taco Bell. Yeah, like everything yeah. on the menu we sampled. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I am driving about half an hour, forty five minutes in, and I start falling asleep. Yeah. Like not literally falling asleep, but right. I can tell that I'm tired, and I cannot stop thinking about taking a nap. Right. Like I literally every. Three minutes. I go, ooh, you know what would be great? Is if I could take a nap right now. I'm like, no, 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 yeah. no, no, no. You're driving. You can't do that. And then I'm like, ooh, a soft pillow. <laughs> that would be so nice. And I just kept going there. I kept going there. And then I turned and I looked at you and I asked you a question. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, I was like, I heard you. I processed you. I think I'd begun answering. And then there's that moment where it says, now I'm asleep. 
And it lasted for whatever, like a second, less than a second. It lasted for a second because I turned, I asked you a question. I look at you, I ask you a question. I come back to the road. You don't answer. And I come and your eyes are closed and you're out. And then your eyes suddenly pop open and you're like, oh shit, I fell asleep. Yeah. And, And it's like, you know that you fell asleep, but you can't tell that you've, you like, the moment that it happens, it's just like, well, now I'm asleep. You can't, you can't think while you're asleep and go, oh, I should wake up now. <laughs> so it just happens. They wake up and it's weird because when that happens, you get like a burst of energy because mm-hmm. like, oh shoot, I shouldn't have fallen asleep. There's that little bit of adrenaline and all that. So for the next whatever 15 minutes, I'm like awake. <laughs> But yeah. That. Well, the problem I had was that I didn't actually fall asleep. I have fallen asleep driving when I was uh, probably about your age, actually. Probably about okay. your age. I drove up to um, to Syracuse for my senior high school senior project that I wrote on. I can't believe I'm going to talk about this. This is so crazy. <laughs> I convinced my, my senior advisor that I was going to write a paper about uh, the Street and Smith hero pulps from the 1930s, Doc Savage. And the Shadow. And so the Lester Dent collection, which is the writer of most of the Doc Savage stories, mm-hmm. had his papers at Syracuse University. I think it was wow. Syracuse. And so I got to drive up. I yeah. got to drive up. I'm senior in high school. And I fell asleep driving. I fell asleep driving. And that's one of the scariest things. It's, falling asleep driving is not scary. Waking up <laughs> and knowing that you are the driver, that is one of the scariest things ever. And I probably fell asleep for half a second. That's usually how it works. Yeah. But oh yeah, that you you're you're stoked for, oh, for a yeah. while. But what I ran into is you would ask me a question, mm-hmm. or we would be talking about something, about work, about school, and I would suddenly be able to see in my mind's eye what we were talking about, and started to go through a, a vision of the conversation. That I would have with someone in relation to this right. question you had me, and so uh, that you asked of me, and so I would I would focus right, and I would get pulled into this thing, still driving, yeah, and I could almost my eyes would almost look down, like at the dashboard, and I would think of this, and this would be in my mind's eye while I'm still driving. And then all of a sudden, I realize that I'm not focused on the driving, that I'm focused on this thing that I'm thinking about. Right. That I can, again, see very vividly in my mind's eye. And I suddenly do the same thing, the same startled thing. Oh, my God, I'm supposed to be driving. Yeah. And it was this microsecond that I had pulled off, right? Right. And it happened like 10 times in 10 minutes. It was driving up. So uh, finally, there's a point where I just kind of got my second wind. But the drive was really freaking draining. Yeah. Really freaking draining. Uh, so three hours, 45 minutes uh, uh, later, we get to we get to the apartment. Yeah. And we park and we start to unload. And then the truck shows up because we'd left like 45 minutes after they did. So yeah. the good news was that I caught up. Is that yeah. I picked up the 45 minutes worth of time. Uh, the bad news is that we only picked up you know, about 10 minutes on them. Yeah. So we weren't able to unload the entirety of the car. And so I'm worried the car is going to get towed. Yeah. And then the truck is like, they're trying to figure out where they're going to offload. I'm like, you got to do it here. And they keep trying to find keys to unlock elevators. And I'm like, just take the damn stuff up, please. Yeah. 
And then they want you at the door because the door was a key card. So they wanted you manning the door. Yeah. And so over the course of the next, whatever, four hours, they start unpacking and I'm trying to unpack my car. Yeah. We get to the apartment and the person who I'm, who I'm subletting from had the cleaners come in and the cleaners cleaned everything. But instead of throwing all the bags of garbage out, they just kind of shoved everything in the corner. Yeah. And then there's a bag over here and there's three boxes over there. And I'm like, I, I, the apartment not clean and I, clean, but not ready. Right. To have other people. Again, if I had an hour, wouldn't have been a big deal. Yeah. But because I'm suddenly, okay, apartment, I can't checkbox the apartment. Right. Okay. Our move, our car move can't check mark. Okay, our car parking can't check mark. The movers can't. And so I needed to be up there sort of telling them where stuff's going to go. Yeah. And so a couple phone calls later of like, hey, stuff's still here. What's going on? And the friend of mine who I'm subletting from, very nice, and goes, dude, don't worry about the car. Put your hazards on. Yeah. No one's going to tow it. Everyone's used to cars coming in and out here. Not a big deal. Move everything you don't want in the closet. Deal with the stuff coming in. Yeah. And I'm like, thank you. Yep. Thank you. That's exactly what I need. Movers start moving stuff in. Start dropping boxes. Yeah. And again, the kid, the young kid who was doing it, very nice kid. Oh, yeah. Very smart. Very like, hey, what do you, what do you want to do this? Blah, blah, blah. But he couldn't navigate one of those carts to save his life. Yeah. The dolly thing. And so he kept clipping the corners and he kept dropping boxes. Yeah. Mostly books. It wasn't a big deal. But then it's coming in and I look in the closet and one of my bookcases, it's an Ikea bookcase, is in pieces in the closet. Yeah. And they're like, so when are you guys building this? Yeah. And they're like, oh, we're doing it later. So I go down and I talk to the foreman. And the foreman's like, oh, that fell apart. I go, I'm sorry. What do you mean it fell apart? Yeah. And he goes, well, we picked it up and it fell apart and that's not our responsibility. I'm like, okay, you guys carried it from my house in one piece. Yeah. Into the truck, one piece. You loaded everything onto the shelves, even though you shouldn't have done that. And then you drove four hours and then you all pulled everything out of it. Yeah. And then as you're carrying it from the truck, it mysteriously falls apart. Yeah. My fault. Anything that happened, my fault. The other bookcase that was similar to it had a huge ding in it, oh, right? Yeah. My fault. And then they broke uh, a lamp, my fault. Yep. And then they broke uh, a picture frame, the Houdini picture frame. Yep. My fault. Because again, their policy, and I believe this is with all movers, anything that gets broken, not their fault. Yeah. And then if you say anything, they tell you that your furniture wasn't good enough to survive. I'm sorry, I bought it! Yeah. It's been in my house! It hasn't fallen apart at my house! Yeah. Like, maybe if you didn't frickin' manhandle it. Yeah. Maybe if you treated it with a modicum of care, would not have fallen apart. So I was not happy. I was not happy. I was short on sleep. I was not happy. And so... <laughs> We had a little bit of a chat. I um, 
they're like, so, okay, well, we're taken care of. Thanks so much, yada, yada. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what? Like, you want to be friends now. You want to kind of chit-chat after you've broken however many things of mine. Yeah. Right? So long story short, I was not a happy camper. Yeah. And I don't, uh, I don't like to call out businesses for things like this because, you know, maybe my shortness of sleep, yeah, whatever, maybe it was my fault. So I'm not going to mention who this was, Green yep. Planet Movers, uh-huh. uh, and I'm not going to tell you not to use these folks. Uh, but again, if you have had a moving experience recently, I would love to hear from you because I want to, is this what it's like? Yeah. Is this what it's like? I'm planning on writing a a, a Yelp review, uh, which takes into, again, the, the two, the bookcase that fell apart. Yep. And the bookcase that were damaged were Ikea bookcases. You know, the store that has the jar of moles. Yeah. Right in the front. Uh, they make furniture for college students and divorced men, according to <laughs> Jonathan Colton, right? And they're, my big bookcase is wooden, made by Ikea. It's dynamite. Yeah. These are the press board with screws. I'm staring at one right now that's not broken. Yeah. Uh, and I think if the movers had taken them apart... Yeah. They would have survived. I think yeah. they I think they would have survived. And I think movers it, this was the problem I made. I expect when I pay somebody to do something that they're an expert. Right. That they know more about this than I do. Yeah. So when they do something and I stare at that and I go, "Well, geez, why are you doing it that way? That doesn't make any sense to me." I go, "Well, they're experts. They yeah. must know something that I don't." Right. And it turned out that they're just hiring random people off the street to move crap for them. Yeah. And they don't actually know better. They actually are trying to get this done as quickly as humanly possible so they can get home and watch the soccer matches, which is literally what the foreman said. Yeah. He was frustrated because there was there was a soccer match, sorry, Brits, football match. Yeah. Uh, that uh, That he wanted to watch and that's, you know, he was trying to get out and they weren't going to get back in time. So, uh, so yeah, you know, you live, you learn, you live, right. you live, you learn, and I will know better for next time. I certainly need sturdier furniture to be able to make, to, to, to survive, but it, um, yeah, I, I not, not the best, not the best move. So yeah. what, what were your thoughts? I was sort of knee deep, neck deep, other body parts deep <laughs> in, in this move was kind of ready to kill people. I mean, I I guess I was just kind of watching the whole thing, thinking about how I couldn't believe stuff was happening, and I don't know. I I guess I had a, a more um, separated approach to it. I wasn't. It wasn't like oh, they're they're messing it up. I was just like, why that way? Like, couldn't you just do it a little bit differently, and like it would all work? They don't and, care. Yeah, they don't care this is a job for them this is a life move for me and for you and that's the core difference and i i always try to give people the benefit of the doubt yeah and i uh and i want to continue doing that but i just i get i get a little sixth sense flag that goes up and i go okay this doesn't this is not computing for me 
Yeah. And I go, no, I don't know what I'm talking about. And I feel like sometimes I just need to lean into that a, a bit. But, you know, it, you can't be right until someone makes a mistake. Yeah. Sort of thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know? And, uh, and I guess I like to give people the benefit of the doubt and let them make mistakes. But, uh, yes, I will never use these movers again. And if anyone's moving from the Maryland area, don't. Don't don't use them. But again, share stories with me. I want to hear about your moves and what I did wrong and what I should have done right and and or or where I'm perfectly right and <laughs> yeah. completely within whatever. Yada yada. So um so then we decided to take a break and we yep. went to a restaurant oh, yes. uh, called Redhead, right? Which uh, was in Diners, Drivings and Dives. Yes. And uh and we got a beer uh, uh, I'm sorry, we got a pretzel with beer cheese sauce yes for dipping yeah that was spectacular it was fantastic yeah it was spectacular it was so good that i can speak for myself i was tearing my pretzel very (laughs) hot very good homemade pretzel into smaller and smaller pieces so i could dip and take more of the cheese yeah no it it was it was really good i mean i was doing much the same i think my first bite was while the pretzel was still super hot, but yeah, no, that was that was really good. Yes, yes, and so I got the um, oh, I got the shrimp and grits with chorizo. Oh, right? yeah. no, no, with with uh, with andouille. There, yeah, with yeah. andouille, and that was good. That was it was one of the better shrimp and grits I've had because a lot of places tend to be a little nouveau about it, and so you don't get a whole lot of grits. This had right. more grits. Didn't have a huge amount of grits, but it had more grits. Uh, and it was good. It was uh, it was quite good. And you yeah. had the I got like a, a pasta dish that had like summer squash and and cucumber and and it was like a I don't know it was a refreshing meal. It wasn't like a pasta with like sauce and stuff. It was like a get all the different things on your fork and when you take a bite, it's like nice refreshing. And it had chorizo flake. Yeah, I think it did. That was, but oh yeah, it was was weird because usually meat is like the center of a meal, and for it, it was like a add-on. So like it was a it was a a supporting note. Right, it was a supporting note. It was a really interesting. I tasted it, and I had the exact same impression you had of like this is weird. I'm not used to a dish that doesn't have a leading, doesn't have a star to it. Like every component is almost the pasta was almost the strongest piece. Yeah. But even that wasn't like an overwhelming sort of taste. It was just like pasta. Right. Uh, and everything sort of supported in the chorizo again, to your point, uh, very surprised. So, uh, but that was good. It was good. Yeah. Uh, it, that was, that was a nice evening and they were very nice. They're very nice to us. Oh yeah. And then I guess we crashed early. Yeah. And then Friday was uh Fios day. Yeah. Though it first, started it I, started with with I me got, getting a whole bunch of work done <laughs> while you slept, right? Yeah, yeah. Um because I was just trying to get as much I was trying to get some work done work and unpacking. And then I took you to Edris. Yes. Which is the hair salon. Oh yeah. That gets where I get my hair cut. Right. And they've been really nice and very supportive and very early on in my when I first came out. Like that was actually literally the first place I went to to get I was I got my haircut the day before um I guess the day I had my first therapy session. 
uh, and they they cut my hair, and it was an amazing experience. So, do you want to talk a little bit about about yeah. your experience? Yeah, and I want to start with like the recommendation. Well, um, I guess. Uh, like I had a few points I wanted to do. I, I wanted them to mostly figure out the hair because like they were the experts. But <laughs> uh oh, uh oh. <laughs> um, but like the things I had is I want I I have long hair that I put in a ponytail a lot, and I wanted I didn't want that anymore. I, I wanted to just have hair that was how it was, and that's what it would be. So I wanted no more ponytails, so a little shorter or a lot shorter, whatever. And I wanted one side longer than the other. And well, you can show off for the people subscribing and watching watching the video video podcast. podcast. Yeah, they can see see. they can see exactly what it looks like. But um, what they they did is they had it such that like the hair is like layered. So they cut at angles and made it so it's not like a line of where the hair goes to. It's a bunch of different ones. So it's. It's like um, random, but it looks really nice, and it's it's something that I can just sort of like. I brush it when I get up, and then occasionally brush it, and just whatever I do to it, it looks awesome. Yes, you came back, and I was so blown away because, to your point, when you lean forward. Your hair falls forward and looks great. Yeah. And then when you curl it behind your ears, it's a slightly different look. And Dante has now sort of grown. A, he kind of has dirty blonde hair and and kind of a a, a light sort of goatee, blondish, yeah, dark, you know, dirty blonde. And for those of you old enough. He looks like sort of a blonde version of Maynard Krebs from uh, um, uh, W. Gillis. Right. Which I didn't know it was. You had to show me pictures. Right. And so this was this was the beatnik buddy of Dobie Gillis, who was the what the many loves of, of Dobie Gillis, uh, which was a sitcom in like the 50s. Right. Right. And, uh, and Bob Denver played Maynard T. Krebs and he looked like a beatnik. And uh, and had kind of cool longish hair and had the goatee, and uh, <laughs> and Bob Denver later went on to become Gilligan in Gilligan's Island. Uh-huh, and so yeah. uh, it's funny people from my age group <laughs> know exactly what I'm talking about, and everyone else is like, "What?" <laughs> yeah. So yes, you uh, yes, you look like a a blonde version of Maynard Krebs. And every time I say that to someone who knows my reference, they look at me and they go. Yeah, yes, you do in a good way. In a good way, yeah, right. It, you know, sort of the uh, the the person who you don't want your child to be friends with. <laughs> That's who you are. Yeah, right. You're you are the troublemaking friend. So it's always cool. So yes, I was thrilled. I was thrilled. You had a really good time too, right? They were oh, very yeah. nice. They were fantastic. They were very nice, and uh, and I it just they made me feel so at ease. And uh, and again, this is where Laverne Cox gets her haircut. And they were so supportive, and they were so nice. Do a really good job. Uh, we didn't get to hair coloring yet. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, yeah, I was thrilled that that you enjoyed it as much. I was afraid it was going to be like, okay, let's get Dante an expensive haircut. And you're like, whatever. <laughs> but you came back with a grin, and I just could not stop complimenting you. I'm like, yeah. oh, my God, this looks... And you'd get that grin that you have right now on your face, 
And uh, so, yeah, that was um, that was cool. That was that was really cool. So anyway, come back and we're waiting for the Fios people to show up, Verizon Fios. And they're supposed to arrive between 11 and 2. And uh, and they arrive at 3. Yep. A couple of texts, you know, and something like that. I had to run. I had a doctor's appointment, which I then ran to and came back. And uh, and they were there until, what, 7.30? Yeah. Trying to get stuff done. Because even though the building is wired for Fios, I guess this place wasn't. And so yeah. they had to go in and they had to rewire the closet. And they're doing this and they're doing that. But that we got that finally, finally squared away. Another exhausting day. Another yep. exhausting day of a lot of unpacking and... And again, work would kind of give a shout <laughs> and say, hey, can you hop on this call real quick? Well, I need to do this. Hey, I just I'd, I'd love you for you to be on this call. OK, OK. You know, yeah. and then suddenly this half hour call turns into a two hour call. And um, and look, I'm working. It's awesome. You know, right. right? Yep. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of people transitioning who don't have jobs and they don't work. And, uh, you know, and we've all been in jobs where you go on vacation and they suddenly kind of realize they don't need you anymore. So this is all good. It's all positive. But I was trying to focus on unpacking, unpacking, unpacking such that by Friday night, I knew I was four hours behind right. on, on unpacking. And we went to a really neat restaurant. It was on St. Mark's, right? Oh, yeah. Called uh, the, the, Bow. the Bow. The yeah. Bow, which was a neat. They did soup dumplings, right? Yep. And uh, and some really neat Chinese best hot and sour soup. Oh yeah, I think I've ever had. Yeah, I mean, I just I could not stop eating <laughs> because I asked for like a cup, and they brought uh, like a cistern, right, of of hot and sour soup for both of us. And so I'm like, well, let me taste it. I'm like, well, this is really good. I guess yeah. I'm taking the rest of it home. Yeah. And then we got that selection of dumplings. Oh, and we got the remember the scallion pancakes. Ooh. With beef? I want yeah, I want to say beef. With beef inside, deep fried. Yeah. Oh my so god. So good. Yeah. Oh my god, that was amazing. And then you got I got a like uh fried rice um that like the Yelp review said was good and they had like on the they had a thumbs up next to it saying that it was one of the good items. But it had like several thumbs up next to it, actually. Yes. But, yeah. And it had five uh, chilies for how spicy it was. So it's like the spiciest thing they had on the menu. So I'm staring at it like I wanted to get this, but that that doesn't look like a good sign. So we asked the the waiter like, "Is how spicy?" It's like really spicy. I'm like, I have to get it. <laughs> so we got it, and uh, we both had our our one bite that was like to test out how spicy it was, and. Spicy. It was really yes. spicy. Yeah. No, I, I had a second bite that was bigger to see if like, because the first one was just to say how spicy it was. Second one was to like actually taste it, and like it was good, but like the spiciness was way too much. The hot and sour soup was not hot after having a bite of this. Yeah. That was actually how you cooled your tongue off. Yeah. Was to eat hot and sour soup, but that was a lot of fun. Oh yeah. I had a lot of fun there. And, uh, and then that was kind of the evening. We came back and just exhausted, utterly exhausted. We both crashed. I got up very early Saturday to start unpacking as well. And, uh, we made a lot of headway and, uh, and we went for a walk because I had to, I had to pick up some, some meds and, uh, we, 
found another bao restaurant. Yes. Called Sea Bao. Yep. Right? And they did pork buns. Yep. Now, I'm used to pork buns. I'm used to Momofuku's. I'm used to Ipudo. I'm used to a couple other, like, street stand places that do pork buns. Yeah. And, and, uh, and they're kind of an open-faced pork bun. Right. And they're really good. So we went to this place, and they have all these... They have a, a wall of pork buns, right? Yeah. You can get classic pork bun, Peking duck bun, um, crispy pork bun... Uh, uh, spam. You can get spam. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and so it's just all the different stuff. So we're like, hey, great. Let's get four of these. Because they're tiny. They're yeah. like two bites gone. So we order it. And it's taken a while. And I realize it's like 21 bucks for four of these. And I'm like, what yeah. the hell? You know? Like, what the hell? And then they finally bring the food out. And they're not two bite pork bun type things. They are freaking like Big Mac size <laughs> pork buns. Yeah. And quite good. Quite oh, good. Yeah, very totally good. Totally different. Totally different kind of expectation. Again, I you know, I don't think I could eat at this place every single day. It's on 14th Street on on uh West 14th. Uh, I don't think I could eat every day, but for like a once in a while and like, yeah. hey, let, let me take you here, let me check this out. Awesome. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Awesome place. So that was fun. And then we um uh oh we went to uh we went to tea and sympathy oh yeah right we bought yeah. bought a whole bunch of uh british candy for the pandering for the yep. brits right yep and uh and jelly babies <laughs> jelly babies uh doctor who right yep. jelly babies and then uh and then we swung by an eddie bauer because i had yes i had gone to a concert for work on tuesday night and uh was doing like work backstage right and so I had a badge of like kind of a, oh, hey, you know, you're like a special guest thing. And so yeah. I stuck it on this really nice blouse I had, this 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 fuchsia V-neck blouse that that was awesome, right? Yes, I used past tense on it. Was awesome. <laughs> and so when I went to wash my clothes before coming back for the, for the move, uh, I was like, where did I put that that really cool badge that they stuck to my blouse yeah right? i can't find it so i found it when i pulled my blouse out from having washed it i realized i'd washed this sticky badge on it and it had basically turned into glue and it wouldn't come off yeah so i was very calm about this disaster right <laughs> very calm didn't holler at all in the house yeah. and so i'm like okay i need to find an eddie bauer because that's like i've gone there twice yeah. And I went there and we went, I went nuts. I yeah. went nuts. I bought like what, eight blouses or something. Yeah. Because I realized I just, I've lost a blouse. I've destroyed a blouse and this. And like suddenly my capsule wardrobe is down to like three freaking things. Yeah. And I needed to get past a full week so I could actually, even if I wore everything the same, I could, I could do laundry and I could go week to week to week. So yeah. uh, I think I have a good baseline blouse, V neck blouse collection. It's a, you know, it's like, again, I think it fits my style. Right. Yeah. I'm a little more um active girl, uh a little bit um uh cranky girl. <laughs> I mean no, well, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, I just I'm active. I'm active and I'm and I'm uh and you know, my shoulders are a little bit broader than than the average woman sort of thing. And for whatever reason, I feel like these blouses are cut for women who are a little bit more athletic. 
Yeah. Uh, maybe broader shoulders. And it just for whatever reason, it's so hard to find clothes that fit. And these clothes fit perfectly on me. Right. So then we go back, right? And we start unpacking in earnest. And we get through almost the entire apartment. Yep. Finally dumping boxes, right? Yeah. That was your job. <laughs> yeah. Was to dump boxes. Yep. To take them down to the recycling room, which had, it had like the whatever four recycling bins for the different recycle stuff. Then it had like a platform for all the big things. And like it didn't have instructions of what did and didn't go there. So first we just, I just took boxes down because like it's safe to say that boxes go there. And then we took the broken lamp down. <laughs> And then finally we took the broke, well, I did, I took the broken bookcase down. So it's like, I think that's where it goes. Next morning it was all gone. So yes, they took it, yes. but yeah. yeah, hopefully. So anyway, great day, Saturday, great day, Saturday. We're supposed to drive back. We're yep. supposed to drive back. And I said, well, Hey, do you want to grab food? Cause like we finally, I have a fridge in New York city. So yeah. we're, we've been taking leftovers. We've been warming stuff up. We're having a great time. And, uh, and then we decide, well, screw it. Instead of just walking through the city, let's cut over to the river. Cause yeah. we're all the way on East side, right? We are on first. It's very easy to walk through Stye town through the area that we're in to get to see. And then you take a little path and suddenly you're on, uh, what's called the East river greenway, which is this yeah. beautiful, like jogging, walking park. Right along the the river. Yeah. Absolutely gorgeous. And so we start walking south. And walking south, and then they have like a bridge that goes over FDR Drive. Yeah. And so we get down, and uh, we realize we're both hungry. We're down around Houston. Yep. I said, hey, where where do you want to go to eat? Yeah. All right, we can go to Katz's. Yep. Again, foodie, right? That's yep. me. Mm -hmm. Unpretentious foodie. And uh, and so we're like, well, we could do Katz's, we could do a pastrami Reuben, we could go to Russ and Daughters, we could go to Russ and Daughter Cafe, yeah. we could go to Meatball Shop, there's like all these different places that, that we could go to. And then we're walking and I realized there's this fantastic Italian place that has never been open when I go there, because I'm always working late, and they close, right. like, closed, shut down completely by 10 o'clock. And when I, you know, used to work in that area, I wouldn't get done work until like 10 so i would eat at like 10 30 11 they're always close. yeah so I'm like hey this will be fun so we go there and it's supposed to be fantastic homemade italian food yeah and so there's a sign that goes uh no one will be seated without a reservation after five I'm like well okay and it's a dive yeah i mean it's it's a good dive, right? Diners drive into dives type place. It's a dive. Yeah, yeah. And the food's supposed to be spectacular. So I walk in there and I go, hi. Um, so can we get a table or do you have to have a reservation? Because the restaurant's half empty and it's yeah. whatever the hell it was. It was like seven o'clock at that point. So it's kind of prime time. Saturday night. That's prime yeah. time, right? And uh, and he looks at me and he goes, uh, no, you need a reservation, sir. Yeah. And I'm like, Wow. Like, haven't been called sir in a while. Yeah. Um, You know, presenting as female. Yeah. Presenting as cute female, to be honest with you. Right. But, you know, again, I've talked about this before. This is, being disrespected is really the only thing that bothers me. And it's a sort of, there is a, um, there is a, a uh, emphasis added to sir. Right. Like, somehow, again, I don't know how I'm presenting. 
Right? I'm not trying to change my voice. I'm not trying to fool anybody. Yeah. I'm not wearing scarves to hide by Adam's apple for the people who are obsessed about Adam's apples. You know? And so it was just... It, it, so I pull out the Yelp review. Because I'm really ticked off. 567 reviews. Four and a half stars. That means it's fantastic. Yeah. Every single review that did not give it five star said these people are really rude. So yeah. it turns out it's not that they have any issue against trans folk. So if you go there, don't be like pissed off at my account. They're yeah. just rude. Yeah. Because they serve really good food. Mm-hmm. They want to serve 12 people a night and they're done. Yeah. So, yes, I will want to try them again at some point. And then we walked by Katz's. Katz's yep. was yeah, jammed Super line. Yeah. So we decided I've been going to Russ and Daughters for, what, seven, eight years now. Yeah. And I get it. Uh, when I go see my folks, I will bring Russ and Daughters. I will have Russ and Daughters shipped to their house. Yep. Uh, and their bagels and locks with the Gospe Nova is just spectacular. Yeah. Best I've ever had. Best I've ever had. And I love bagels and locks. Oh, my God. Is it? Oh, so good. So good. Right? So... It's always been a storefront where you buy it, and then if they make the sandwich, you sit out front, you eat it, but they've never really had a table. So they open up a cafe mm-hmm. on Orchard, and we go, yeah. right? And what a nice place. Oh, yeah. Side from the bathrooms. <laughs> Side from the bathrooms. Bathrooms are perfectly fine. Yeah. Right? It's two gender-neutral bathrooms. Go team. Yep. So we get there. I order. Back and forth, yada, 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 talking with the person who's serving us food, yada, yada, yada. And then I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to the bathroom. Yep. So I get up. We're sitting right by the bathroom. And both bathrooms are occupied. Yeah. So I go, screw it. Instead of standing, I'm going to go sit. And then when someone passes me, then I'm going to go. Right? Yeah. So person passes me. I come back in. Both are still occupied. Yeah. There's no other doors. Yeah. I don't know where the person came from. Yeah. It's like a video game where the people just pop out of nowhere. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, that's weird. So I sit. And then suddenly someone gets up and walks in my direction to get in line. And this proceeds for literally 15 minutes. Yep. That I was unable to get into the bathroom. There was a line formed. Yeah. And then the staff started using the damn bathroom. Yeah. So 15 minutes later, after our food arrives, I finally am able to get in the bathroom. Come back. You decide to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. What happens? Uh, no line. There's no one in either of them. Yeah. No line. Both bathrooms open. Unoccupied. Yep. yep. And the same thing happened when I left. When I wanted to use the bathroom again, same thing happened. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's like, I just, it's like people are plotting against yeah. me. Okay? Not that I'm paranoid. Mm-hmm. Right? But that doesn't mean the people aren't out to get you. So anyway, we went there. Virgin Mary, because yes. I was driving. I was going to drive that night. Um, I got, oh, wow. That was one of the best. Bloody Mary, Virgin Mary, right? Yeah. So Bloody Mary, no alcohol, Virgin Mary. Yep. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. One of the best I've ever had. One of the best I've ever, ever had. You got for as your beverage. I, it was a uh, chocolate egg cream, which was really cool. I mean, I didn't really know what it was, but... An egg cream doesn't have egg or cream in it, but it tastes like it does. Like, it tasted like chocolate with egg and cream and was really good, but apparently no egg or cream. I have no idea what they do to make it taste like that. And then I got the classic board, which is 
toasted poppy seed bagel. Yep. With a little bit of cream cheese that you apply on your own. Yep. Couple tomatoes, couple sliced white onion, capers. Yep. Not kippers. Yep. Capers. And then very thinly, thinly sliced Gaspe Nova yep. blocks. And the capers made that. Like, I have to yeah. get capers from Ross and Daughters to add because it just adds a little bit of saltiness, a little bit. Oh, my oh, yeah. God. It was, it was spot good. on. So good. So I had half of that and then I and I split and I shared it with you. So we yep. each got half a bagel, right? That's yep. how it works. Half yeah. A bagel. So, yeah. So like the half of a whole bagel. A whole bagel cut in half. We each took one of those sides. Yep. Which is half a bagel. Yep. Right? Yep. Okay. Because it's like an English muffin. Yeah. How, what's half of an English muffin? Because to most people, when you get an English muffin, it's one side of an English muffin, right? Because you right. put the fork in yeah. and you split it in half. Yeah. But that's an English muffin. So is that two English muffins or is it one English muffin? Yeah. Think about it. Yeah. Think about it. Think about it. Uh, so anyway, and you got... I got the uh, 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 Eggs, ben- Eggs Benny. Yeah. Eggs Benny. Eggs Benny, right? Yeah. Which was with the... Gaspe Nova. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and that, uh, Hollandaise, a little bit of spinach into uh, what poached eggs. Yep. And that was fantastic. Like, I don't I don't remember having, having Eggs Benedict before, so it was kind of like a, sure, I'll try it. And it was fantastic. Yeah. So really, really, really nice meal. Server was fabulous. Very yep. wonderful. Wonderful. And so we get back to the apartment, and we're supposed to drive back. Yeah. And it's like 9.30. Yeah. And I'm like... I'm not driving back. There's right. no way in hell I'm driving back. Yeah. So we crash at the apartment, get up early, not as early as we're supposed to, but we get up early, toss everything in the car, grab coffees, grab the uh, sausage, sausage, egg and cheese on a bagel and bagels and locks from David's Bagel across the street. Hop in the car, start driving south. Yep. Right? Drive the New Jersey Turnpike to get to the Delaware Memorial Bridge. Yep. And... With 6.9 miles to go to the bridge, we hit a backup. Yeah. Now, people from New Jersey, I'm sure going to tell me that I'm an idiot and that I don't know how to do this. And I will agree with them. But imagine the road, the biggest fucking road that departs your state that has a giant freaking bridge at the end of it. Yeah. That that's how you leave the damn state, right? I mean, that's that's how you leave the state. Yeah. So, six point nine mile. Yep. Back up. And they're blaming the Delaware Memorial Bridge. So you're assuming, hey, they're doing construction on it. Yep. They've shut down a couple of lanes. It doesn't matter that it's Sunday morning. Yeah. Like, imagine if you actually hit Sunday afternoon when people are leaving the shore and stuff like that. Six point nine mile backup. Yep. And I'm fine for about five of those miles. Yeah. We're moving very slowly. It's about 45 minutes, an hour into it. Kind of blowing up my schedule because we were trying to be home by noon. Yep. And suddenly I'm looking at like two o'clock now. Right. And we finally get to the point where we're forced to emerge. So we're going from two lanes in a one lane. Yep. And this is before the toll plaza. And again, folks from New Jersey, feel free to tell me how I'm wrong. 
we finally get to the toll plaza, and there is no construction. Yeah. There is literally nothing going on. Yeah. And then suddenly it opens up, and we can hit 25 different toll plaza things that you go through, the toll booths. Yeah. So I'm zipping past everybody, because now I'm really ticked. Because I'm like, okay, I just lost an hour for nothing. Yeah. And then you drive, whatever, two or three miles, no backup. Yeah. And then you get to the Delaware Memorial Bridge where they've shut down one lane. And you drive at 25 miles an hour. Yeah. I don't understand New Jersey. I don't understand how they just randomly close a lane. Yeah. So that there's too much, so there's not too much traffic on a bridge leaving your state. Yeah. So this just, yes, this put me in a bad mood. I was driving like a mad woman trying to just get pick up lost time. And, yeah. Oh my God. Oh my God. That just. Uh. So good news. Stuff is moved. Yep. We are now back in Maryland. Yep. We are getting you ready. Yep. To pack your stuff so you can go to school. We're getting your brother ready, pack up his stuff, go to college. And then one final car load for me. Yep. To finish this house. And then I got the workmen coming and I got the realtor coming and they're going to patch up the house and hopefully I'll be selling it in the next couple months. Yeah. So again, good news into the New York apartment. What do you think of the apartment? Oh, it was really nice. Yeah, it was when we first got in and they're just all the boxes laid out everywhere. It felt like small, but as we started setting it things felt up so tiny yeah i just looked around i'm like what happened to this apartment like i um, i was depressed yeah and as we started uh filling things up and getting the bookcases filled and putting all the boxes where they had to be it started to feel huge because everything just enormous everything fit and it just worked perfectly it was Yes. Yes. Awesome. I am extremely happy. We finally got everything unloaded, except for we lost a box. Yeah. Of kitchen dishes. Yep. Very frustrated. And then we realized, oh wait a second, we did a dishwashing load. Yep. Uh, the equivalent of one box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so it's still back in in Maryland. But no, the apartment's really shaping up. I mean, I obviously, you know, we put all the pictures out as to where they're going to go, and I need to bring someone in to help put all the pictures up on the wall so they look right. Right. Super, super thick with parquet floors. So I'm very excited. A par- beautiful, beautiful apartment. Yeah. Uh, Very happy. Very excited. But still got a lot of work to do. Still got a lot of work to do. So anyway, that is how our week has been. Yep. And I know we've run, we've run for a while. I'm actually looking now at the, at the audio numbers. Yeah. So again, this is this is neat. Dante's showing me how to do this. Uh, but anyway, so uh, let's get into corrections and clarifications. Uh, one, one, which awesome. is I talked about yep. the pizza joint oh, right. that had the giant pizza. Yep. So there was uh, the kids and I used to watch Man versus Food. Yep. Right. And so I found out that they were doing a Jersey Shore episode. And so I discovered where they were filming. And even though we couldn't get there for the filming, I was able to convince my brother and his family and you guys for us to shadow and go to all of the places. What it was, uh, chicken and the egg that had the yep. super spicy 
uh, super, super, super spicy uh, chicken wings yep. that, that was on Long Beach Island. Yep. And then we found a place that did those ginormous ice cream sundaes. Yes. Like the 40 scoops of ice cream. Right. And then we found a place called Maruka's Pizza that does these giant, giant, like, I don't know, three feet across type pizzas. Yeah. And they would like a, like a, uh, a ma- uh, like the wheel that that hypnot that uh, that hypnotizes you yeah like on gravity falls yeah uh it, that would go in that sort of pattern and that would be like the tomato sauce and the whatever and these things were huge and literally one slice was as big as your torso and you were whatever 8 10 12 years old whatever you were uh and uh and so i, I referenced that there was a place that had that had really giant it's called marukas and uh, in seaside heights uh i yeah. don't know if they're still open but huh, yeah. but I I think I think they may have closed. So anyway, that that is it. Uh, that's that's all with uh, corrections and clarifications. So let's jump quickly to updates. And so this is um this is Dante's last episode on yeah. the podcast for at least a while. Dante yeah. is starting. At Maryland Institute College of Art. And we had originally talked about maybe having, you know, doing a Skype session or however. And and the more we talked about it, the more we thought about it. It was like, you know what? You're you're starting the next stage of your life. Yeah. And this has been fun. And, and we'll talk about that a little bit in a bit. But I didn't want you uh, to feel pressure to continue doing this. So I basically right. kicked Dante off the podcast. <laughs> uh, and, and he has to holler at me uh, to get back on. Uh, which Dante can do. Anyway, um, what that means is that next week I'm doing this podcast solo. Yep. And probably talking about the finality of the move and of you going to college and just starting a new life in New York and all those different things. And I think that's going to bookend. Episode 19 is going to kind of bookend. I think what we've been doing uh, for the past however many months. But now... I am pondering what happens for, say, episode twenty, because I right. don't want I don't want to bring in a replacement Dante. That just right. it's like if for those of you who like PTI, uh, um, uh, Stat Boy, yeah. uh, Tony Reale was irreplaceable, and so now they would periodically have a guest who'd come in and do stats and corrections and stuff. But they sort of done away with it because that was a very unique thing, and so I I don't know. How I feel about, and I genuinely don't know how I feel about this. Do I continue this podcast um, and bring other guests in and things like that? Or do I start a new podcast? Right. In other words, so there's that represents what Dante and I do. And when Dante's back for break, yep. when Dante is is back for, over the summer, yep. We can continue doing this, and this is our podcast. Yeah. And then I create a new podcast, which is just me and whatever I plan to do in the future. Yeah. So I haven't decided that. I haven't decided that. Is so there's that my story or our story. Right. And on one hand, I, I feel very strongly that it's our story. It's our our interactions and yeah. <laughs> people say more Dante and all those different things. And that's cool. Uh, another part of me is like, well, no, this is my story. And Dante has been along for the ride. Um, 
so I'm torn. I'm torn. So I'd love to hear from people as to what you yeah. think. Uh, because I could do a new podcast concurrently, yeah. which is just my podcast, right? Right. And it's about me starting a new life in New York and new yeah. gender and and empty nest. And it just it's a clean start. It's a clean start and it's a and I start at a different place. Because yeah. I've been doing this for a while, you yeah. know, and I'm I am literally mid transition. You know, before I was like, well, let's see what's gonna happen and now I kinda know uh where I wanna go yeah. and not be so vague about it. And I will say that if I do create a new podcast, I know what it's going to be called. Huh? Anyway, <laughs> having listened, we listened to one of the podcasts on the drive home, and I say, anyway. Yep. Anyway. And the listeners know I do that. I also say, okay. Yep. <laughs> Not okay, but this kind of, okay. Yep. So <laughs> we were kind of joking at the abbreviated text that we both do. Yeah. When we're doing it that we don't realize because we get so excited. So, anyway, let me know what you guys think. Let me know what you think about this because a new podcast would allow me to be new and noteworthy and understand how the marketing is. And I don't think I would take much time off and I think it would still be similar. I still think it would be, you know, what experiences I've had in the past week and corrections and email and then topic du jour. And I think that would really be, you know... I'd probably still have guests on and, right. and guest co-hosts and things like that, but it would just, I think it would be a different animal. So yeah. let's figure out, let's figure out what, uh, what we do, but definitely next week will continue to be the next episode of this. And, uh, and at worst it will be an end cap. And, uh, at best it will, this will be, uh, so there's that kind of version 2.0. Yeah. Uh, we'll be kicking off uh, hopefully in two weeks, but maybe I'll take a week off just to kind of gather my thoughts. Yeah. Uh, it'll be me and the cat. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right? It'll be Digin Shadow. Digin Shadow. So next week we'll do the, well, I don't know. I got to figure out the guest thing. Yeah. So, yeah. And then this is our last UK pandering. Yeah. And, uh, and we have gone on for a while. We have gone on for a while. But uh, I thought it would be neat to to kind of go and 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 wrap up UK pandering. What do you think? Yeah. Okay. Okay. See, I did it again. Okay. 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 So the last piece of our London trip that we haven't talked about yep is where we became fanboys. Yep. At that point, fanboys, not fangirls, and. So I'm a big fan of the sitcom Spaced. Yes. With Simon Pegg, Edgar Wright, Nick Frost. Yep. And so the part of the series, if you've never seen it, you have to watch it. Oh, yeah. Very, absolutely. very funny. Very, if you're geeky at all, awesome. I've seen Shaun of the Dead. Exact same group of people. Yep. But they did a sitcom before it. And they lived at 23 Meteor Street. And the house was really a character in it. Yeah. In the series. And so we wa- it's north of Camden Town. So we took uh we took the tube up and we found where it was and we took took a whole bunch of pictures. It was fun. It was yeah. fun. Yeah. Very hot day. Very oh, hot yeah. day. And remember what we did afterwards? 
Oh, we went to... Um, there was a pub. Yeah, a That pub. had air conditioning. Yeah. It had a giant sign. They go, we have air conditioning. Yeah. And so we went there and I had a pint and you guys had sodas and we cooled off. Yeah. And they thought we were locals. Without <laughs> yes. the accents. It was very weird. Yeah. And they like, I guess they just assumed that we were had been working there for a couple of years because we didn't we didn't come across as tourists, which is what I do. Yeah. That's what I like to do. I hate, I hate, I don't like being a tourist. I like to wander and... And find things and explore. Be an explorer, like my can of Coke says. Explorer. <laughs> and then we went to where they shot Black Books. Yeah. Another British sitcom that we like, uh, which is at Colling and Clark. And then the but the the big fan trip yeah. was we took a train to Cardiff. Yep. Specifically for the Doctor Who experience. Yes. So we take an early morning train, and actually, remember, we were supposed to go out there, and the trains got canceled because yep. of a because of a signal issue for like two hours. Yeah. So we switched up our schedule. So instead of it being the first day, it was near the end. Yeah. Right. It was it was near the end, and we took the train out. We got to wander around Cardiff. Yeah. Which was gorgeous. Remember, we had that really long walk. Yeah. And then we hit the whatever the 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 little convenience store, the bodega that we say yeah. in New York. Yeah. And uh, and we got. Um, uh, the Cornetto, Cornetto yeah. trilogy, Simon Pegg, Edgar Wright. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Nick Frost. And uh, some candy. We had a really good time. And then we finally made ourselves down to the Doctor Who experience. Yeah. Which is basically, it's a museum and experience. And you would see these little, you know, you have street signs. Like, like, uh, like Ikea signs or Lego yeah. signs, right? Yeah. And so no words. Just here's a pictorial and there's an arrow. And they would have little pictures of Daleks. Yeah. And you'd have to follow the Daleks to be able to get to the Doctor Who experience. And so we get over to the Doctor Who experience. And we're there pretty early in the morning. It was, you know, it was good. Yeah. And there's there's a line there. And I'm like, okay, well, hey, line. Doctor Who experience. I get that. And the line is not moving. Yeah. Again, patient girl here, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And um, the line's not moving. I'm like, this is really weird. Like, do the Brits... Or to the Welsh, I guess, because now we're in Wales. Um, do the Welsh not know how to do lines? I mean, this is like this is crazy because it's taking yeah. forever. Slowly moves, slowly moves. Finally, get up to the front. I'm like, "Hi, how you doing? We're from the states. Really looking forward to doing a Doctor Who thing today. Uh, we'd like tickets to the Doctor Who Museum and the Doctor Who Experience, please." Yep. And they go about that. Yeah. We have been open for whatever they said, two years, three years, whatever it was. And every single day we get here, we unlock the door, we turn on the switch to the Doctor Who experience and it turns on. Yeah. And this morning we get here, we flip the switch and nothing happens. So the Doctor Who experience, which is this sort of thrill ride with exclusive video that Matt Smith had shot. Yeah. Where he's interacting with the audience sort of yep. thing. And you're in a TARDIS and you're blah, 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 yeah. blah. Right? And it's not working. And there's nothing they can do. And I'm like, but but we came, flew, airplane, train, and it's like, I we're sorry. We're yeah. really sorry. Like, is there any chance you can get it fixed? They're like, maybe, but don't count on it. Yeah. They go, but we have a Doctor Who museum you can check out. So I get a cup of coffee because I'm trying to be happy. Yeah. Right. Not be angry when I go in and see Bessie, which is, you know, <laughs> um, 
uh, John Pertwee's car yeah. from Doctor Who. I mean, I'm seeing these props that are amazing. This giant painting of Roger Delgado played by favorite master. It was amazing. Yeah. So we go to the Doctor Who Museum, oh, and yeah. they have every single inside of the TARDIS, every single yep. outside of the TARDIS, every single costume worn by the Doctors, every single sonic screwdriver. It was freaking amazing, and I was beside myself with joy. What did you think, first floor? What did you think of the first floor? Oh my goodness. I mean, it was really cool, and we were not quite caught up on Doctor Who yet, because... We were doing the whole watch every single episode. Yeah, and let me, I'm sorry, let me take a step back because I don't know if I've talked about this. I mean, because we know this. Yeah. But I well, I used to watch Doctor Who in the 70s. Yeah. Uh, John Pertwee was my first doctor. I was very lucky. I grew up in Philadelphia and we had a UHF channel. Yeah. For those of those who are Brits, UHF was, uh, we had like the primary channel. So we had NBC, ABC, CBS, and then PBS was public broadcasting. And then Fox came in later. And so in the old days, we used to have what was called UHF, uh, which is, uh, I guess, what, ultra-high-frequency channels. And so it was it was local channels. Have you ever, yeah. ever seen UHF with, uh, with Weird Al Yankovic? It was local crappy stations who would get sitcoms and dramas and movies, and everything was second run. Yeah. So Gilligan's Island and Get Smart and all these different things that I used to watch— you would watch on on UHF. Yeah. And this, they happened to be the first channel in the United States to show Doctor Who. And yeah. they showed John Pertwee. And so John Pertwee was the sort of James Bondish adventure hero. And that's, that was, like, I love this. And the villain was this, had wonderful slick back black hair and big eyebrows. And he was evil. And it was such a great series for someone yeah. who was, however I was, eight years old. And then they aired one episode yeah, called The Three Doctors. And it blew my mind because it turned out that the actor who was playing the main character was not the first person to play that character. Yeah. Two people had played this character before. And because they were time travelers, they were able to meet. Yeah. And this was the most mind-bogglingly awesome thing of all time. Yep. And so I vowed at age eight... That one day, I would watch every single episode of Doctor Who yeah, in chronological order. Yep. And so it wasn't until probably four years ago. Yep. Four and a half years ago now. Where, so again, take another step back for Doctor Who. Doctor Who started in 1963. There were a bunch of episodes that were lost. Because they thought of this show back in the 60s the way we think of I don't know, soap operas. Yeah. Where no one's ever going to want to watch all these again. So they recorded them on videotape when they aired them. Yeah. And they would stick the tapes in storage. And then when they needed more tapes, they'd take the oldest tapes and they'd record over them. Yep. So there ended up being, you know, there's now how many, what, 900 episodes of Doctor Who? Yeah. Something like that. I, I used to know the number exactly, but now that we're caught up. Uh, there's like 900 episodes of Doctor Who and there's spinoff series like Torchwood and Sarah Jane Adventures and Wilderness Years that happened during the 90s. Yeah. All this different stuff, right? All this crazy stuff. And and there was 106 lost episodes. Well, it turns out that there's a fan community called Loose Cannon that reconstructed 
these episodes because fans had recorded the audio back in the 60s. Yeah. And they had what were called telesnaps, which was pictures from these episodes. And sometimes someone would find a a 20-second clip in Australia where Australia had censored the violence and they'd cut something out and the what had been cut out what had been saved even though the episode hadn't been. Yeah. And then someone in Africa, they find six episodes that have been lost, you know. So all these different things are going on. And so it was impossible to watch every episode because they were lost. And I found someone who had all the lost episodes uh, on VHS and then it transferred them to DVD and he burned them all off on DVD for me. So this was, whatever, four and a half years ago. Yep. Uh, I tend to work crazy hours and then I take a month off. And so I took a month off and we started to watch one episode of Doctor Who after school every day. Yep. And you guys thought I was nuts, <laughs> right? Yeah. You absolutely thought I was nuts. And so fast forward, you know, four years later, we have now seen every single episode of Doctor Who in chronological order. There are yep. perhaps a handful of canine episodes from Australia that we have not watched, but yeah. that's just a rumor. That's yeah. not actually true. It's just a rumor. So at this point, we had seen most of Doctor Who, but not all of it. And this was our pilgrimage. This was our big pilgrimage. Yeah. To be able to see it. But no, um, uh, what we were ever a season or two behind from where it was. We had, I believe, we weren't quite at Matt Smith yet, and it was like the Matt Smith exhibit like because he was the current doctor so that was was like in whatever a month or two they were going to renovate and switch it to be the peter capaldi experience so like we were super excited to see everything and we took pictures of all the matt smith stuff but it's like we are not going to read what it says about them we're just going to take pictures and walk away so like all the older stuff having the every single doctor's outfit laid out and all the TARDISes and, and like, a wall of um, magazine covers that had Doctor Who stuff on it. And it was just really cool to see it all. Yeah, yeah. And and so and so that's floor number one. Yeah. That's floor number one. Floor number two is the new series. And, and to Dante's point, we hadn't seen all the episodes. So there's a whole bunch of stuff there that we don't understand what the hell it is. Yeah. And we can't pay too much attention. And that was when we tried to figure out how to do selfies. Ha, right? Yes, we did have an experiment with selfies. And failed utterly. Yeah. Uh, and and so we're halfway through the floor when a woman comes up to us and she goes, look, as an apology for the Doctor Who experience being down, we're going to do a, talk, a Doctor Who walking tour. Yeah. For free. For yep. free. Because we're really sorry. This has never happened before. Yeah. And so I'm like, Okay. So we do this Doctor Who walking tour. We walk all the way through Cardiff. And anyone who's watched Torchwood, you know, you can see all the cool locations because they have the Opera House, which is gorgeous. And, yeah. the, and the, the where the uh, the entrance to Torchwood is. Yep. And then, like, the shrine, which I won't even go into yeah. detail on that. But there's a shrine to one of the characters. And uh, it, it was just awesome to be able to go and, like, hey, we filmed this stuff here. And we filmed this over here. And this was filmed over here. And then uh, they showed us a diner that one of the episodes yes. had been filmed with yes. that, that we went to later. And that was awesome. We walked through and and we get back and we get back to the Doctor Who experience so we can see the, the, the remainder of the museum. Yeah. And you noticed something. Yeah. Right. That, uh, they were letting people into the experience like they're giving tickets and people are going in. So we run up and I go, excuse me. Um, what's going on? And they're like, oh, we got the Doctor Who experience fixed. 
So we're going to do one more run and it's leaving in two minutes. So I'm like, tickets, please. Tickets, please. <laughs> so we got to do the Doctor Who experience, which I won't give away any spoil. I guess I, I guess I could. It was fun. Yeah. It was fun. It was Matt Smith being Matt Smith and it was goofy. Yeah. And it's since been replaced, as you said, by Peter Capaldi. And then we got to finish off the museum. And so it was just a delightful day for us. Yeah. Because this had been such a such a shared experience that the three of us had had. Yeah. And and to be able to in just indulge a full day of Doctor Who. And then we went to the diner for dinner. Yeah. And we got a cheesesteak, Welsh style, which had all the components of a cheesesteak. Yep. But it didn't taste or look like a cheesesteak at all. It was just like, well, there is meat and there is cheese and there is bread and I guess you could put mushrooms that are uncooked on this. Okay. And it was just like, just the taste profile was totally yeah. different. And uh, now, well, I think we got a cheeseburger. I, I remember I got a hot dog with you got... cheese sauce on it. And it was covered in cheese sauce. Like, and it was, it was, a, it felt like an innuendo, but it, it was. It definitely, and I did not let that one lie. Yeah. I did have to point it out, which made it very hard for anyone to eat. Yeah. Um, because it looked like a very large innuendo um, uh, yeah. that had a happy ending, shall we say. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Because um, it was a gooey kind of cheese sauce. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll leave it at that. And then I think we got a burger, too. Probably, yeah, I think. Uh, so it was really weird to do an American classic meal yeah. Welsh style because it didn't taste at all the way it was supposed to, but it wasn't bad. It was just, it was just different. Yeah. It was just really different. So that was fun. That was, um, that was a really fun trip. And I, yeah. I think that's kind of the last pandering story that, uh, that, that we have and, uh, unforgettable trip. Yeah. Right. It was awesome. Yeah. unforgettable trip so i was thrilled that you guys wanted to come along for it i'm thrilled that you guys enjoyed it and uh it's something i know i will never i will will never forget so let's uh let's jump into the mailbag uh got a couple of things here so last week i talked about my experience well i got a note from someone who said that a uh, a meme that they saw about transgender folk wanting to use bathrooms oh, right, yeah. with the gender that they, you know, connect with. And the reason they, they liked this was because they could envision it being read in my voice. And I said, well, which voice is that? Is it my voice now? Which, while not female, is not the same voice I had 10 yeah. years ago. Yeah. When I threatened a DJ with his life. Mm-hmm. And so that snowballed into recollections of of how I happened to threaten a DJ. Yeah. And so I started to get a lot of notes in from people. And we ended up with our own sort of Rashomon as to what the actual events were. Yeah. So let's start with Mike in Gaithersburg, because Mike is the instigator of all of this, and he says, best podcast yet. Yeah. Which is very nice to hear. Yeah. Which is very nice to hear, because again, we're, you know, the iTunes stuff, 
We're just, it's, it, we're no longer new and noteworthy and because we're no longer new. We yeah. are noteworthy, but yeah. we're just not new. And, uh, and so, you know, you, you hear a lot less because our, our profile is just not the same as it used to be. So right. again, Mike, thank you so much. Uh, I, you know, not only do we like to hear best podcast ever, that's awesome to hear, but it also, um, when you don't hear a lot coming from people, it's terrific to get that sort of feedback as to which voice I heard in my head when I read that graphic, though I realized consciously that your voice has changed timber since you started your transition, maybe a little bit and your hormone treatments. It's not so much the specific sound as the cadence and sentiment that made it sound like something you'd say. Though you did interest, interestingly forget to tell people about how I calmed you down during the whole DJ incident on the video in question, as you can see that I drew you close and whispered in your ear and you calmed down. Though the actual thing I said wasn't picked up and I'll not repeat it here unless you want me to. Yeah. Right? So that's more or less what I said. I... Didn't talk about being calmed down, just that I pounced yeah. like a Tasmanian tiger. Yep. Right? Uh that this this sleazy DJ was was pawing at at my then fiance, future wife, future ex-wife. Yep. Right. Uh so anyway, so Steve, whose wedding it was, uh, and is a fan of the podcast, says listening to episode 17 of your podcast. It was very cool to finally hear your side of the story with the DJ all these years ago. Yes, it is still on tape somewhere in the house. And if Mike gives you a hard time, just remind him you were the invited guest and he was our token wedding crasher. Although very, very nicely done on his part. Good luck on your move to the city. Look forward to seeing you up there sometime when we get a chance to visit the Big Apple. <laughs> so I thought that was very nice, right? Little, little brushback pitch for Mike. And then Mike follows up because I asked for more detail. And Mike says, the way I remember it, we weren't sitting at a table, but watching the spectacle of Mr. Slimy, New Jersey DJ, do his reenactment of the Phil Rizzuto monologue from Paradise by the Dashboard Light. I don't know who told me how the DJ had been trying to make time with Yvonne, but I do recall that you had a Terminator targeting computer gaze on him. <laughs> and that when Steve got dragged to third base where Yvonne was... You went for him. Like, I saw you take a step, and to this day, I have no idea where I got what I remember as the physical grace to grab you by the shoulder, spin you around into a hug, and whisper, if you're going to kill him, dump the body across the river. I know the cops there. <laughs> that seemed to calm you down. The, o- the only other thing I want to point out is that I wasn't drunk or even tipsy, as I remember. <laughs> And then Dan, our other friend, yeah. I asked him to please share his recollection of events because it really felt like we were getting everyone had their own thing. And the good news is we actually have this on videotape. So at some point, Steve can watch this and can share with us or or send us a digital copy, right? That yeah. would be awesome. Uh, so Dan, again, from, from uh, Maryland says, you pretty much nailed it. I recall the slow burn. As you stared at the DJ, muttering if he touches her again. Then you leaping up and running over. I stood up, tried to grab you, but you were gone. And I said, I tried. (laughs) So yeah, never, never a dull moment. Never a dull moment with me. Yeah. So I guess (laughs) this is the part I've been 
dreading uh, and not not looking forward to, um, which is uh, the topic du jour, uh, which is my farewell to Dante. Um, yeah. So we've done um, we've done eighteen episodes. This is our eighteenth episode. We've done eighteen years. Yeah, together. Um, and this is so hard for me on on so many levels. If people wonder why this is such a long podcast, uh, I, I I I didn't want to get here. Um, I mean, I remember your brother going to college two years ago, mm-hmm. and how hard it was for me, and um, and how tough it was to just kind of hold it together because we've had such amazing times together yeah and you guys are my family and i'm so thrilled and i'm so happy and i'm so excited for you but it's so hard to let go it's so hard to let go and now i i'm now you know empty nest yeah empty nest and and now i'm on hormones yeah (laughs) so i don't expect this to be you know, low key and hey, whatever you got to do, what you got to do. <laughs> so I thought it might be fun. Just as last time we talked about the house a little bit, uh, I would like to talk about you. I hope you don't mind yeah. and and my memories uh, and sort of how it ties to now. I I remember you being born. <laughs> <laughs> I remember driving your mom to Shady Grove Hospital, which is around the corner from here. And uh, I remember mom complaining about my driving, <laughs> that I was hitting every bump uh, on, on the road and getting you there. And you, uh, uh, Michael was C-section and you were, you were a natural childbirth. And it was not a crazy long delivery. I mean, you asked your mom and... It was too long. It freaking hurt. <laughs> right. But I was the coach, right? I was the coach. I'd hold her hand and I'd tell her she was doing great. And yep. I remember I saw the crown of your head come out and and cone head. You know, yeah. it forces the skull when you're born is malleable. And so it, it, it turns into a cone. And I remember seeing that, and and again, the first birth was C-section. So C-section is you're in the operating room, and and it's like it's like uh, it's like a magician pulling a rabbit out of the hat because they that he puts his hands inside my wife's body. Yeah, like your hands aren't supposed to go there. Ta-da! Not yeah. a rabbit, a child. You know, and. And so this was more traditional. And I remember as your head started to crown and started to pop out, I could tell that this was close. And I turned to your mom and I go, honey, one more push and he's out. And I will never forget this. She looks at me and she goes, how would you know? (laughs) (laughs) And again, my job is to get hollered at at that point. One more push, did a little spin, catch, you came out. Uh, and and after she had just 
grilled me. And I don't blame her for that. Honest to God, I don't blame her. I find more amused. She was going, was going through all the pain. I wasn't. But after you were born, she looks at me. I swear to God. I swear to God she said this. She goes, let's have another one. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you talking about? So I was so thrilled. You know, we talked last week about you coming home and Michael cutting his foot open. Yeah. But it was... um. I mean, look, one child is magical and fabulous and amazing, but two, you just, I don't know, you feel like such a family. You feel, you know, it, it, it's its what, squaring the circle, right? You <laughs> go from a triangle to a square, and it's its just, it's a family. It's not when it's three, It's there's a dynamic of, like, take care of the child. With two, like, the kids are friends, and and there's just a family dynamic that I wouldn't trade for the world. It right. was it was so much fun. It was so much fun. And and we had a, our cat, Vito. Vito the cat. <laughs> uh and and he was a character. He was a character and he was a fantastic cat and I and I've written a book about him. And he refused to go quietly into the night. So when Michael showed up, he and Michael would fight. And the cat would win most of the time. Yeah. Deviously, such that you wouldn't realize stuff was going on. And he used to glower at Michael until Michael started crying. And you showed up. And I didn't know what was going to happen. And you, when you could start crawling, when you could start moving, I don't know if you remember this, you would sleep on the cat. You yeah. would sit <laughs> next to the cat because the cat would sit on the couch. My couch, I'm not moving. And would make a face at Michael. Michael would move. And the cat would claw Michael in the head when no one was in the room. And when we'd come back, Michael would be crying and the cat would be sitting exactly where the cat had been sitting before. And we're like, Michael, what's going on? And then we would give Michael a bath and we noticed he would have a scab in his scalp. And we realized that this is what Vito was doing. Yeah. And so you came along and I was just like, I don't know what's going to happen. And you would just plop on the cat. And he would shoot me this pissed off look, <laughs> but he never touched you and he loved you. I mean, he loved being around you. And I have pictures of like the two of you kids sleeping on the couch in a pile of bot, you know, pile of limbs. And there's the cat refusing to move, glowering at you guys. Yeah. But you guys had a bond. I mean, do you have many memories of Vito? I mean, I know you have it from the book that I wrote. I honestly don't have that many memories. Most of my memories are things that have been told to me. So I remember being told them, <laughs> not the actual memory of it. Yeah. But yeah. Well, you were devastated when Vito <laughs> yeah. passed away. Uh, you were you were absolutely devastated. Um, and I remember <laughs> how stubborn... You were as a child. You used to have a pacifier. <laughs> and you went through your no phase. And your mom got so mad at both of us. And I I think you had dropped your pacifier. And you refused to say the word yes. <laughs> so I, I am going to break your no phase. Come on, piece of cake. I know how to do this. Second child. Come on. <laughs> so I hold up the pacifier and I go... Do you want your pacifier? And you went, no. Uh, okay. And you were crying because you want it. You reach out like, hey. I'm like, say yes, and I'll give you the pacifier. 
And you, no, <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, this go, I swear to God, this went on for an hour. And I'm getting angry. <laughs> and you're pissed off. Yeah. And this went on for hours where I'm like, just say yes. I'm going to give you the pacifier. Just say yes. That's all yeah. you got to do. Simple word. Yes. Pacifier. Yeah. And now I can't break, right? I can't break. This has become a battle of wills. Yep. And mom, at a certain point, snapped, grabbed the pacifier out of my mouth, out of my hands, and just shoved it in your mouth. And I'm like, but she's like, not a word. <laughs> not a word. Not a word. And I apparently did the same thing to my dad. Not with a pacifier, but over something else. And you picked up my stubborn streak. And I, yeah. <laughs> it's funny. And one would think it would be annoying and frustrating, but it's not. I, I find it refreshing. I find it refreshing that you get your back up with me. When the cats that I've had get their back up against me, I kind of like that. I kind of like this little bit of rebel, a little bit of... Yeah. You know, like I'm my own person and, you know, piss off. <laughs> and then you, it's so funny. You did not have stuffed animals as a child. You right. never slept with stuffed animals. Yeah. Do you remember what you had instead? Oh, shoot. I, I had strawberry milk. You had strawberry milk in a yeah. sippy cup. Yeah. And you would drink strawberry milk. Yeah. And if we couldn't get you strawberry milk, you wouldn't go to sleep. Yeah. And you would sleep with it. And you'd be like, and uh, I mean, I just, I remember you like, you would fuss and you wouldn't and strawberry milk and you'd kind of wrap your arms around it. Boom. You drop off. You yep. drop off. Um, And I guess that's the fun stuff. There, There's the other side of parenting. Anyone who's, who's been a parent, you know, there's the scary side. Um, and when you were young, when you were very young, uh, you had bouts of asthma yeah and i remember the first time we didn't know what was going on so we had to call like 911 yeah. or whatever we called the I guess the doctor and they're like you got to take him in the hospital right now and so same hospital i remember you know we didn't mind the bumps this time yeah and i drove as fast as i could because you were turning blue i mean you were literally like you couldn't get air and you were very young and that was terrifying. It was terrifying because there's nothing you can do, you know? And, um, and so they stuck you in a tent and they fired basically albuterol at you. And, um, and the asthma attack went away and they sent you home that night and you had those periodically. And we went to New York city yeah, and the albuterol would fire you up for you know an hour and the asthma kept coming back and so we uh we had a nebulizer machine that would give you that albuterol treatment to treat your your asthma yeah and we um we were in new york and it got bad and so we took you to st vincent's uh which is unfortunately no longer there it's being refurbished and uh and they gave you a treatment and i'm like okay let's go and they're like oh no 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 we're talking pediatric icu five days yeah we're not letting them out what the hell is your problem like well but in shady grove that's not what they do and this started a 
probably, you know, from age three, two or three to about age 10, uh, you had asthma attacks a couple times a year, yeah. hospitalized asthma. I mean, we, we would try to manage them, but that's, I mean, I know it wasn't fun for you. It wasn't fun for us. It wasn't, you know, the last couple times was when your mom and I were split up and that was hard because we were not interacting well and we had to be parents and, yeah. and it, it made for some really awkward evenings, but you know, you sleep on the couch and you, you know, we're there for you. And, and I remember asking you, you know, how was it? And you, do you remember what you told me? No. You said, I don't mind the needle going in my arm. I don't like when they pull it out because mm. it really hurts because you'd have a needle in for three or four days. And I just, oh my God, I felt for you because it's so scary. And then when you got a little bit older, you started to hide your asthma. Yeah. And whenever you get a cough, because when you got sick was when you got it and you would hide it from us a as kids do. And I remember sitting down with you and, and saying, look, um, this is serious. This isn't just, oh, I don't want to take my cold medicine because it tastes yucky. This is like your life we're playing with right now. And I know it hurts. And I know it sucks. But you can't lie to me about what's going on. And that's when we had the conversation about how much it hurt. I gave you a hug. And we came up with a deal at that point where you yeah. wouldn't lie to me. And I would give you as much time to get over it as I could. But there was a point at which you had to go to the hospital. Yeah. And I believe we made that agreement that you didn't and that you didn't need to go. And I don't think you've been in the hospital since. Yeah. Um, and you're as well, you've pretty much grown out of it. I mean, you well, no, I mean, okay, I haven't used my inhaler in probably a, a little over a year. Um, I'll have like if I do a lot of aerobic activity or in a really dusty place i'll have like a hint of like the wheezing or or this like the the minor symptoms of asthma that i i recognize and it's not bad and usually i don't need my inhaler it goes away in five or ten minutes but it's not completely gone right. it but like i haven't right. been hospitalized in years and i haven't used the inhaler but you carry it with you all the time all i always time. have it that is because i have asthma as well yeah I use Advair that has changed my life. Yeah. Uh, and if I take the puff in the morning and the puff at night, uh, it is managed. It is absolutely managed. And as you know, I mean, I walk 90 minutes in New York and I, I'm not crazy exerciser, but I, I do a fair amount. And yes, the cat does get to me, but I don't have to use my inhaler. But if I don't use the Advair, I have to use, I have to actually use the next step up from you. The Combavent is mm. the albuterol doesn't really seem to work for at least it hasn't recently so uh but yes i'm in the same boat where i haven't you know outside of the adver i have an idea but that it's just it's just so damn scary yeah um and then i i i remember you know pokemon and <laughs> and it's funny because we were just flipping through uh, a bookcase of of stuff that was hidden and it's a half bookcase that was hidden that we didn't know about and we found a whole bunch of pokemon stuff yeah and just a smile on your face. Yeah. And the joy. Because Pokemon was the first thing that was yours. You know, I mean, you have other stuff that Godzilla was my stuff that you guys would watch. And 
Teletubbies and but God, you know, Pokemon that was Yeah. That was you and Michael. Yeah. And then graduating to Naruto. Which we all used to watch. Yeah. You guys got me hooked on Naruto, which is again, we've talked about this before. It's it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful anime series and manga, but a wonderful anime series. And and there's a point where halfway through the series, or halfway through the first part of the series, the main character, Naruto, is trying to learn what's called a uh, jutsu. Uh this this special move, basically. Uh and he he's trying to build this typhoon basically in his hand it's a ball of wind yeah that does amazing amounts of damage in 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 a fight and and naruto is trying so hard to learn this thing and it's just building and week after week and he just cannot get the hang of it. he gets a little bit better he gets a little bit better and and then he starts to get it and then someone distracts him and it's just like he just can't yeah and this is the big thing and we went to the naruto movie that was in movie theater yeah and you guys got dressed up as the characters, yeah. right? You got dressed as Sasuke and your brother got dressed as Naruto. And I think we took, did we take your friends? I don't remember. No, we didn't. They saw it at a different place. Right. So we went, we were front row. Yeah. We were front row seats. And Naruto in the movie finally perfects the move. Yeah. And you jumped out of your seat <laughs> with joy and went, Yes! Yes! And it was the most awesome moment. Yeah. Because it was just unbridled, youthful joy. Yeah. And I was so privileged, because this was post-divorce. I was so privileged to witness that. Um, yeah. Because you, you don't get that very often in life. You know, I got it with your brother when he got accepted a Goucher. And I got him. I was there when that. When the letter showed up and he opened it and I saw his face because that's what he wanted more than anything else was to be able to go to Goucher. You know, and it's moments like that um, are just so special. Yeah. You know, and we took our trip to California. That was our first family trip. Our first family. I think I talked yeah. about this last week that I struggled so much after the divorce about what family was because I, I, I thought a family was four, you know, it was two parents, two kids. And suddenly you take away one of the parents and, and I've learned and I've been so blessed to learn over the past 10 years that we are a family, that we are a family. And, um, you know, and so sharing those moments of your joy to me is more than when I share my joy. You know, it's like yeah. Christmas. I get so much more, such a bigger thrill out of finding something that you like and something that your brother likes than what I get because I can get basically whatever the hell I want yeah. within reason, obviously. Um, but there's not a lot of, I mean, I want a DVD, I buy a DVD. If I want something else, I get it, you yeah. know, and then I have a lot of shit and I need to get rid of it. And so now I'm less materialistic. Uh, I'm not going to have you guys around to watch movies and stuff like that, which is going to be the hardest part for me because I like to watch stuff with people. Yeah. I don't like watching things by myself. I like, I like interacting with somebody else and, you know, and, and you, to your credit, to your credit, I watched all these shows with you. I watched Pokemon and now what, 500 episodes of Pokemon and yeah. 500 episodes an hour to whatever we got to. And, and you wanted to share what I watched. And so Columbo to me was a yeah. show I watched with my dad. Yeah. 
growing up. And it was neat because it was a different kind of mystery show and it was intellectual and it was funny. And it's like one more thing. It just, it was neat. It was fun. And you knew I was a big fan. Yeah. And you're like, hey, can we watch this one day? And it was so joyful for me <laughs> that you wanted to do something that I was interested in. Yeah. And then that spun out to Get Smart, you know, <laughs> and watching that and uh, the Equalizer, you know, and, and we didn't, and we haven't finished all this stuff, but it yeah. was neat because yeah. it was my stuff. And that's, to me, that's what a family is, is you share. It's not a one-way street. Right. You know, I know, I know too many parents who's just, they want it, they want their kids to do what they want to do all the time. And I'm like. No, 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 no. You had to sit on the floor and watch Saturday morning cartoons with your kids for five, ten years. That's how it works. Yeah. You respect what they like. You know, respect My Little Pony. You love it. Yeah. Other kids love it. Enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah, it's not, you're not the target demo. I get it. But enjoy, see it through their eyes. Because then they're going to see it through your eyes. And they're going to watch Orson Welles and Akira Kurosawa and Quentin Tarantino, (laughs) you know, and Arnold Schwarzenegger and all these different crazy ass things that we end up watching. Yeah. Um, And it's and I. It's just neat. It's just neat. And to see you go from there. To being able to poke the bear a little bit. Yeah. Because anyone who listens to podcasts knows I'm a pain in the ass and I'm going to poke at people. I'm going to poke it myself. And I think my favorite single moment was when we were at Trader Joe's. And I was looking for a very specific product, which was an unbaked thing of bread that when you stuck in the oven would, would rise and would turn into fresh a fresh loaf of bread. Yeah. And so I couldn't find it. And so I went up to the guy working the counter and I go, excuse me, do you have that bread that when you stick it into an oven, it turns into bread and you start laughing. (laughs) You start laughing. Yeah. And every time we went to Trader Joe's, (laughs) Every single time. Hey, look, they have the bread that when you put it in the oven turns into bread. <laughs> and I was, I mean, I used to get annoyed, but I loved it. I loved it because you, that was your little stake in the ground, you know? And, um, and you have a unique flair. You know, you went to whatever the show, whatever the spring fling thing was, and you wore that awesome seersucker suit oh yeah that you look so dynamite in with like the picture of you with a lollipop with it and oh, just yeah. you were so stylish but no one else wore anything like that yeah you know and yeah. i and i like that and then you're a brony yeah <laughs> you're a brony and i love that and i remember how nervous you were I mean, in retrospect, ha ha ha, right? Yeah. I uh, how nervous you were that I might not think it was masculine enough, you know, and um, and I don't know if Michael tipped me to it or not. Your brother tipped me to it or not, but I wanted you to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that it wasn't just like, oh yeah, that's fine. 
I wanted you to know that I supported you completely. Right. And that's why for your birthday. Yeah. Right? We, Michael and I got as many My Little Pony t-shirts <laughs> and things so that you knew. Yeah. That I thought this was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No, Um. I, I don't remember how um you found out or that, but I knew that um whatever i i the people i told were like my brother and some of my good friends but the way that i was letting it be known rather than like say like taking your side and saying by the way i'm a fan of it because that felt kind of weird to me because like you don't you don't say oh i have to let you know i'm a fan of breaking bad it's like who does that so i got whatever some pony shirts and i just started wearing them around and i was a little embarrassed so most of the time when i wore them it was under a jacket or whatever but i was i was like just wearing it around and and at one point i don't know if like michael told you or i told you or if you asked about my shirt but i know it was a mixture of like it wasn't hidden but it like something led to you asking or one of us telling you and no it was i uh in fact for my um college essay that i wrote talked about telling people i was a brony and it was very similar to like a coming out experience i had a friend who like absolutely could not accept it and like for a few weeks we didn't talk because of it um and it was great because like later on the people the other people who didn't get it like he was the one that was like no it's cool you (laughs) don't worry but it was funny because when i i finally showed it to my english teacher at the time who was going to help with it he's like it's interesting that you write it like this because it's written like someone who's coming out as gay or transgender or something but it's about a tv show it's like it's like it could be a satire but it isn't yeah so and it's actually funny thinking i think that was one of the first things that um got into my mind the yeah it is like coming out and got me into the idea of coming out was that thinking about it from the essay yeah yeah, no, I mean, I remember reading the essay and and helping you tweak it a little bit, uh, and, and you always kept stuff like that to yourself. Yeah, I mean, I remember uh, you were God, I don't remember what grade it was, but your mom and I went to one of those things where we had to find to your I'm sorry to the the school the orientation thing after you had been at school for a week, and we had to find we had to determine which essay you had written, mm-hmm. and. And it was like what I did over the summer. And you talked about how you almost drowned. Oh, yeah, I did. And you had never told anybody that you almost drowned. And yeah. I don't know if it was hyperbole or what it was. It was hyperbole. But like, like, I wasn't it was in like any I'm danger, reading and we're staring like, at each other going like, uh, this can't be Dante because Dante didn't almost drown. Yeah, it you was know? hyperbole. It was the whatever boogie board or whatever. And occasionally you'd go under. And I was under for whatever, like, more than just a split second. It was for a few seconds. I wasn't in any any danger. The surface was right there. (laughs) It wasn't deep. But, like, I hadn't experienced anything like that. And it was scary. But it wasn't like, oh, my God, I'm going to die. It was a, oh, my God, I'm underwater and I can't breathe right now. And then I got out. I'm like, (laughs) 
Well, that happened. <laughs> and it left an impression. Well, I know, but it was weird with yeah. just reading that. But it's something that you you were able to talk about these things. You were able to share, you know, these sort of personal yeah. personal experiences. And um yeah, I mean it's I, I think it's I think it's it speaks to needing to be who we are. And that's why when I found out about that, I wanted to be sportive, you know? And when, you know, we're a family that I don't want to say college was expected, but there's, there is an unspoken, as much as I say, you got to do whatever you got to do. You know, um, you know, my dad's a doctor. My brother's a doctor. I, you know, was, I didn't go to grad school sort of thing, right? Yeah. So not exactly, you know, living up to standards and such. And Michael, your brother, told me about your interest in art college and how you were going to <laughs> go to college for a year to kind of make me happy and make everyone yeah. happy and yeah. then make a big decision that you're going to go to art college. Yeah. And so I wanted to make sure that you understand. I'm like, screw that. <laughs> Freaking go to art college. Yeah. You know, if that's what you want to do, do it. You know, so. Yeah. Um, for me with that, I mean, yeah, it was a, um, I figured I had to do that. Like, I couldn't just go to art school. But, like, in my head, it wasn't just that. It was like, I don't like. I, like, in my head, I couldn't imagine myself pursuing math or science. Like, I could imagine myself as a scientist or mathematician or whatever, but I couldn't imagine myself, like, going to college and studying that for four years. But, like, I wanted to experience it and kind of be like, what is that like in college? So that was a secondary reason of why I was doing it. My idea was like to go to Goucher because that's where Michael goes and I'd be a year with him my first year in college. <laughs> he would be there and could help me in that. But because of like after finally going like I'm going to Micah, like we had the leading up to the, the application all that was super stressful. But if I didn't get in, because the way art colleges work where they're they have like a much later um like you have to send your stuff in later than normal because for Micah it was whatever uh February that I had to send it in. And the other school I was looking at, um uh SCAD, Savannah College of Art and Design in Savannah, was <laughs> like um I had to apply by whatever may so it's like i would have gotten my response before i had to start looking at if i was applying there so i was kind of like i don't really need to apply to the other schools if i know i'm doing art because if i don't get into micah it's not the end i can go and spend a few more months making a better portfolio and apply to the other one or just wait a year and apply to micah again so it it changed a lot in my mind of what my plan was. Well, I am I am so proud of you. Um because you didn't know that you wanted to go to art college until late in the game. Yeah. And uh and just the Herculean amount of effort and work that you put into it and and getting accepted to Micah was not easy 
I mean, Maryland, it's Maryland Institute College of Art, very, very good art college. Yeah. And I, I, I know from your art, having looked at it, that your personality shines through. Your personality has shined, has shown through on all of this, right? Everything yeah. we've talked about in the past, whatever half hour is, is your personality has shown through on things. And it's been such a joy for me to to be able to experience that and to see that and hopefully help cultivate it and help you be a little bit of a rebel and 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 do life the way you see fit and um and that I was able to come out to you. I mean, we've talked about this before about how hard it was for me to come out to you. Um and I guess I, I I guess I want to end my side of this is that um I want to take a moment to thank you um for accepting me <laughs> for who I am because it was so terrifying uh cuz you and your brother were two people who you know, there was a purity to both of you. And if you guys didn't accept me for who I am, I, um, I just would have kind of felt screwed, you know? Yeah. Because you can't really argue and go, how dare you? It would just be like, fuck, you know? So thank you. Um, thank you for accepting me. And I hope, I hope um, that I've been able to accept you and support you for who you are because at the end of the day you got to do for you yeah as your as my grandfather would say um and you got to you got to be who you have to be and you have to hold yourself up to your own standards and your own vision of what integrity is you need to you need to live your life yeah and be proud of what you've done and not worry about what other people think. And this is what I've had to learn. And I'm a hell of a lot older than you. Um, so, again, thank you. Thank you. This has yeah. been a joy um, to do a podcast with you. And uh, one never thinks that one's kid's childhood is ever going to end. And it has been nothing but a joy for the past 18 years. Um, and I, obviously we will talk <laughs> off this podcast, but I wish you the absolute best. And, um, and I've had a fantastic time and, uh, and I wish we could keep doing this every week, but you got to <laughs> live your life yeah. and, and you got to take off. You got to take off. Yeah. So thank you. And I will try you're to welcome. shut the hell up now. Yeah. No, I'll yeah. <laughs> well, with that, with that eloquent ending on both of our parts, um, let me wrap up and say, um, you know, thank you for the listeners. Uh, we are, I'm definitely doing a podcast next week uh, and we will either tie a bow on the end of this experience for now. Yeah. And, you know, when we see you, 
probably Christmas break will be next. Uh, and you got a lot of people pulling at you, so I don't know if Thanksgiving is long enough for you to right. do Maryland and New York. And I'm, you know, again, I I want you to maintain your sanity more than um, than you know us getting together, unless unless Lauren, I get Lauren Faust, and then <laughs> you know you come hang out. Um, so thank you everyone for listening, and please let us know what you think about how we should continue. Yep. Uh, good wishes to Dante. <laughs> you know, um, condolences to me. Uh, check out our, uh, you know, the blog at uh, adventuresintransgendering.com. Uh, in the next couple weeks, I will flesh stuff out. I've been crazy, crazy, crazy busy. Our Facebook link is there. Please like us on the Facebook uh, page. The more likes we get, the more I like to add more photos. Maybe yeah. someone wearing a sucker suit. I don't know. <laughs> and uh, I guess we also have links to our YouTube. Yep. Which, again, I haven't had a chance to do much with. Leave a review on iTunes. Tell us how awesome we've been, um, how awesome Dante has been, um, how you want more Dante and you're not getting any more Dante. You're getting <laughs> less Dante. You're getting more Didge. Yep. Uh, and uh, and again, any thoughts, anything, drop us a note, dig at typingmonkeys.com. If you address it to Dante, I will make sure I will make sure we get it. Um, any final sort of uh, Tony Reale, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, words? Um, the last four months have been a lot of fun doing the podcast. It's been really nice to just be able to kind of talk the little amount I can. Um, <laughs> I feel like I've gotten better at talking like in general from it. Can the video podcast pick this up? Do you think? No. Nah. Okay. Good. And no, it's been a lot of fun. Um, thank you all for listening. And um, I guess that's it. This is going to be Rampage of the Hero by Greg Hoffman. <laughs> what a way to go out. <laughs>